right off the bat, but amen, I feel the presence of the Lord. You can be seated. Thank you so much. Amen. It is so good to be with you today. I've been looking forward to this day. And uh, do you just appreciate this praise team and the worship team leading us into the presence of the Lord? You know, we ran into Jamie and Stacy years ago. Uh, I don't know, 15, 16 years ago, they were in Ohio. Am I right about that? Probably. And um, But they're, they're not true Buckeyes, right? Yeah, well, I'm, let me get to that. You know, they came through South Carolina and up north and landed in Ohio. And, and they spent enough time for us to adopt them. And so they have a little bit of Buckeye in them. You're not going to hold that against them, right? Okay. Any Any Buckeye transplant. Okay. All right. Amen. You know, what's, what's funny is uh, no matter where I go and preach, uh, no matter where I go and preach all through Ohio, been in Kentucky and in several different places. Uh, and I ask how many of you have roots to West Virginia? No matter where I go, someone has roots to West Virginia. Amen. And we have roots to West Virginia as well. Uh, our daughter and our son-in-law are still in Beckley. And our youngest daughter attends Marshall University. And so uh, we're still connected, all right? Buckeye through and through. Got a little bit of Mountaineer blood running through me too. Is that okay? You're not going to hold that against me? Praise the Lord. But anyway, getting back to this wonderful couple. Um, God has anointed them. God has gifted them. God has called them. And I'm so glad that they're here in this house with you. Amen. I know they've not been here long, but let me tell you, you're going to love them. You're going to love their spirit. You're going to love their heart. And they're going to continue to lead you to the throne of God. Isn't that what it's about? Amen. Let the camps know you love and appreciate them. Would you do that right now? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, and, and your pastor, you know, um, I, I prayed a prayer one time. And I, I don't even know if I really knew what I was praying when I, or praying when I said this. But I said, Lord, um, I understand that even in the church, it can become political. And they know what I'm talking about. That if you do something for so-and-so, something will do something for you. And, and so I understand that even in the church, it can become very political. And I'm not talking about not being in relationship with people. I'm not talking about, you know, making connections and th- things like that. But I said, Lord, I, don't, I really don't want political connections. Because then... I'm connected to that person. And what I did for them to help me, I'm going to have to continue to do. And I'm not against, I understand people helping me. I said, but Lord, I want kingdom connections. I want to find people from my tribe. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I want to find people from my tribe. and, And I want you to connect us. And I want those kingdom connections. I can tell you right now, your pastor and his wife, are a kingdom connection that God has given us. Amen. And we love and appreciate them so much. Our relationship is continuing to grow. And I believe that you have two of the finest pastors. Amen. Renee's right there with him. I I believe you have two of the finest pastors around. Amen. And I believe that God has given them. That's all right. Amen. They're not in it for themselves. You won't find a haughty or pride spirit on them. Amen. They love you. They talk about this church. All good. They talk about this church, what God's doing, the vision that God has put in their heart. And, uh, you know, as they share that vision, Habakkuk says, catch that vision, get behind that vision, 
run with that vision. And if all of you will grab hold of the vision that God has given him for this church, I'm telling you right now, this building right here, you won't have room enough to contain what God wants to deposit into this house. If you love them, let him know that you love and appreciate them so much. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, time's getting away from me, so I don't know what time you ring the bell around here. So I want to get busy. But before I do, I I just want to honor uh, the elder, senior Pastor Matthews and his wife. Amen. They spent, I don't know, 15 years or 16 years in Ohio, maybe a little more pastoring. And and we connected there in northern Ohio, and we we know them. And I actually knew knew, uh, Pastor Matthews before I knew his son. And so we love and appreciate them as well. Would you let them know how much you love and appreciate them? We thank God. We thank God for the mantle. See, mantles are to be passed on. Elijah didn't take his mantle to heaven. We're not taking our mantles to heaven. Mantles are designed to be passed on to the next generation. Sons in the, uh, uh, of the faith, amen? And, and, and that mantle that was on, on um, CE is now on Brian, and the anointing is there. Not that he didn't still have his mantle, but it's passed on there. And uh, so we thank God for that. He is the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Amen. How many of you know this is a generational thing? Amen. Come on. It's a generation. It's not just for us. It's for our sons, our daughters, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren. Amen. So we love and honor you as well. If you would, in in honor the word of the Lord today, would you stand with me? We're going to go to two places. First of all, we're going to go to Joel chapter number 2. Joel chapter number 2. And uh, it's on page 630 in my Bible, Joel chapter, chapter number two. Um, I think if you go to Ezekiel and make a couple of rights, you'll run into Joe. Joel chapter number two. Go there and then put your finger in Mark. We're going to go over to Mark chapter three. Joel chapter number two. And I want to begin reading in verse number 25. If you don't have your Bible, I believe it'll be on the screen behind me. Joel chapter number 2, verse number 25. If you're there, say amen. If not, say wait a minute. Okay. Are you ready? Are you ready? For I will restore to you. Say, he's talking to me. Do you believe it? For I will restore to you. To you, As a matter of fact, I just kind of underlined that word you, but above it, I wrote in me. Is that okay? Okay. He said, I will restore to you. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. The years. That the swarming locusts have eaten. That the crawling locusts, the consuming locusts, and the chewing locusts. My great army, which I sent among you. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be put to shame. 
then you will know that I am in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3. I feel his presence. Mark chapter 3. Verse number 1. And he entered the synagogue again, and a man was there who had a withered hand. So they watched him closely, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath, so they might accuse him. How many of you know that the reason that some people come to church, the only reason that some people come to church is to watch and see what they can accuse you of? Not in this house, but in other churches. He said that they might accuse him, and he said to the man who had the withered hand, step forward. Just look at somebody and tell them, step forward. Then he said to them, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill it? But they kept silent. And when he looked around at them with anger, being grieved by the hardness of their hearts, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out. And his hand was restored as whole as the other. Stretch your hands this way. Father, pray with me and for me. We thank you for this opportunity to be in your house among your people. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Let us exalt your name together, Lord. We have done that this morning. And we come, Lord, to hear the word of the Lord. Now, Lord, give us ears to hear what your spirit is saying to us today. May it be a powerful, powerful moment that changes and transforms the way we think, the way we see things, and how we believe. And we'll never cease to give you the praise nor the glory for it in your wonderful In holy and mighty name we pray. Amen. And all of God's people shouted. And all of God's people shouted. Amen. Amen. Do me one more favor before you're seated. Just turn around and tell two or three people you're going to get it back. You're going to get it back. Would you do that? Hallelujah. I won't put you on the spot, Jamie, but if you can stay close, I never know when I might need to call you in from the bullpen. I I think um, I'm fair in saying this because I'm including myself when I make this statement. But I, I do believe that we have all done things in our life that has caused us to suffer loss. Um, Maybe right intentions, but just wrong decisions. Uh, 
you know, maybe it was a bad investment that caused you to lose your home. Maybe it was a wrong business decision that caused you to lose key contracts and now business is suffering. You know, maybe it was a poor work ethic and, and it, it cost you your job or maybe it was just mistreating or disrespecting someone and it cost you a relationship. We've all done something in our life that's caused us to suffer loss. But I also understand and, 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 and really just kind of bear me out here and, and, and follow with me here, but I also understand even those who are outside of the faith. I understand because of our human spirit and tenacity that we have the ability to bounce back. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Uh, we have the ability to recover. Uh, I, I'm a sports fanatic, and so a lot of times I'll, I'll, I'll look at certain things, and then I'll try to equate it to and parallel to spiritual things. But, but I, I, I remember, and some of you remember Michael Vick. He was the first one who ever signed a $100 million contract. And then you know what happened. He got into a lot of trouble and uh, ended up going to prison over it. And uh, it looked like he had lost everything. And if you, would have, if you would have judged him in that season of his life, you would have looked at him and said, well, he's lost all of it. And uh, temporarily, it was missing from his life. But Michael Vick is also the only person who has ever signed the second at that time, $100 million contract. Uh, so what may appear to be in your life in one season as a loss does not mean that it's going to continue to follow you all the days of your life. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Uh, 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 we have the ability to recover things and to restore things. For instance, if you lose a job, you can get another job. Uh, if you're young or, or, or whatever, if you lose a boyfriend or girlfriend, how many of you know you can find another? Uh, if you lose some money, how many of you know that you can always go out and make some more money? Uh, you have, we have the ability to restore and we have the ability to recover. Uh, even going back and looking at the economy that we've been in as a nation and looking at the loss and looking at how, how we've had to deal with those things. How many of you know that even, even though it's been tight and even though it's been tough, how many of you know the possibility to recover is still there? We've seen this as a nation. We've been able to recover as a nation uh, time and time again. You can go in and you can look at the history of Israel. You can find where they got off track with God and they begin to lose things and they begin to drift away from God. But God had a way and a means to bring them back and enable them to recover things that they had lost in previous seasons of their life. As a matter of fact, that's what Joel is talking about here. He's talking about the people of God who have gotten off track, who have, who have gotten misdirected in their life, misdirected, and are getting back on track. And God is saying, I will restore those years that you thought you lost. And if I read this right, if I understand this particular scripture right, it tells me that I never really lost it to begin with. That it's always there. Look at your neighbor and tell them it's there. 
So, so we have the ability to restore and to recover. But restoration is not just about stuff and things. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Restoration is also about time. Everyone say time. And time is one of those things that you and I, no matter how hard we try, we cannot restore. How many of you know what I'm talking about? How many have ever said, I wish I was 21 again? Or at least 20-something, maybe even 30-something, right? I'm climbing the ladder. so I, 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 But we understand that we cannot go back and redeem or restore time in and of ourselves. Amen? So we have all done things in our life that have caused us to lose days, caused us to lose weeks, months, and even years. Perhaps you were in a relationship and gave everything you, you had in that relationship, and it seemed as like you just wasted 10 years of your life. And if you could just go back and have a do-over, or if you play golf, it's called a mulligan. If you could just go back and do it again, and start all over so that you can erase all of those things and all the time that you lost, you would do it. Unfortunately for us, we cannot go back and restore time. Amen? Even though we are capable of recovering and restoring stuff and things, we are limited and we do not have the ability to restore time. How many of you know there's only one who can restore time? There's only one person who can restore time, and that is God. God is the only one who can give you back your time. See, you may have a friend who can give you a job, but only God can give you back the time that you've lost. And I find it interesting that when God started talking about restoration, He didn't start off by talking about stuff and things. When God started talking about restoration, He started talking about the restor uh, restoration of time. He said, basically, if I can paraphrase and read in between the lines here, He's saying, I know you know how to get your stuff back. I know that you know how to get another house. I know that you know how to get another contract. I know that you know how to build a new relationship. I know that you know how to do all of these things. But I want you to know that I am the only one who can give you back your time. He said, I will restore the years that you have lost. Hallelujah. And he said, people, still in Joel, he said, people will begin to realize that I am in your midst when I begin to restore back to you the years that were taken from you by your enemy. Because I am the only one who can restore time. Look at your neighbor and tell him he's the only one who can restore time. God said, now watch this. God said, I'm going to give you the years that were taken from you. He said, when those years begin to show back up in your life you'll know that I am the only one who brought them back to you. Amen. Not only will you know, but those around you will be able to identify and realize that God is the only one who can redeem and restore time back to you. I don't know about you, but I'm about to get my time back. I don't know about you, but I'm about to get my years back. I don't know about you. I'm about to catch up on some things that I didn't think I was ever going 
going to see again. I can give you a little bit of an example here. Here's a woman in the Bible, the Bible says, that had an issue of blood for how many years? 12 years, and the Bible said that she had spent all that she had trying to get better. Went to every doctor she could go to, every physician that she knew, but the Bible said did what? Grew none the better, amen? It was getting worse instead of getting better. But she said, when she heard that Jesus was going to pass, the Bible says she came in from behind. In other words, she was behind on her time, she was behind on her season, but she said, I know that if I can talk the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. She got to the place where she touched the hem of his garment. And at that moment, and at that second, 12 years were erased and eliminated from her life. And what she spent 12 years trying to capture, she got in one moment. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but I want somebody to know what you've been trying to get for years. You're about to receive in a moment as you reach out and touch him as he passes by. If you believe that, put your hands together and give him praise this morning. Look at your neighbor and tell him, I'm about to catch up on some years. I'm about to... Here's what I believe. I believe that God wants to make your life a model to the world for what biblical restoration looks like. And that is the ability to bring to you things that you thought were lost forever. Time that you thought was gone and never to be recaptured again. Go with me, if you would, to a young man, probably 15 to 17 years old, who had a dream from God that one day his brothers would bow to him and that he would rule and he would reign. You understand the dream. We all understand the dream. It's the nightmare in between uh, that we struggle with. Because we all have a dream that God has given us, but then we have to deal with the nightmare of living out that dream. Somebody talk to me this morning. And so the Bible lets us know that years had gone by since he had that dream. He was falsely accused. You know what I'm talking about this morning. He was cast in a pit. He was cast in a prison. And amen, 17 years had gone from his life where he thought those years and that promise would never be come to fruition. But I want you to know that your gift will make room for you. Amen. As he interpreted that dream that made room for him to come and stand, amen, in the presence of of those who could promote him. All I'm trying to get you to understand here today is you've not lost time. Time's about to come back into your life and what God promised you and what God showed you, no matter how many years ago it was, is about to manifest in your life. Amen. There are people under the sound of my voice that you think that your opportunities have passed you by and you'll never see them again. Someone's been living under the misconception 
conception that they missed their opportunity for that time and what you have been believing God for has passed you by. Or there are people under the sound of my voice who feel like what they have done has disqualified you from the promise of God. But what I'm trying to tell you today is this. God is going to get the years that you thought you'd never see again, that you thought were lost forever, and God's about to restore them back to your life. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Oh, let me give you an example of that. Here's the prodigal son. Wrong decisions, bad choices. Walked away from the father. Walked away from the father's house. Came to his senses. Got his right mind back and said, I'm going back to my father's house. At least there's bread enough to to spare there. And he made his journey back to his father's house with his head held low, looking just to get back in as a servant. But the father was waiting for him. How many of you know the father's waiting on some prodigals to come back to the house? When he came back to the house, he thought he was going to have to start all over again. I'm going to have to start at the bottom and work my way back into the favor of the father. I want you to know you work your way back into the favor of the father when you make a decision to return back to him and get out of the place that you're in and head back to the father's house. He didn't start over. The father said, get the best robe. You know whose robe that was? That was the father's robe. He said, put that robe on him. It's a robe of righteousness. He said, put my ring on him. You know what that ring represented? That ring represented authority. Amen. He said, put my authority back on him. He said, give him some shoes. You know what those shoes represented or represent? They represent that he is no longer a slave because when you were a slave, they'd take your shoes. How many of you know who the sun sets free is free indeed. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but you haven't lost anything in God. You're about to see it all come back in your life. If you believe it, take 30 seconds and give God praise in this house. I got to hurry. I got to hurry. Now, there are two schools of thought when you talk about restoration. There are two concepts. The first is having the thing lost given back. The thing lost given A good example of this would be Jesus, the second Adam, giving back to us what the first Adam lost. You know, Adam was given dominion and authority in the garden, and when he fell, he gave up that dominion and authority. So God sends his son not only to restore relationship with him, but God sends his son to restore dominion back on the earth. Amen. And through his acts of obedience, of going to the cross, amen, and paying the penalty for what Adam did, amen, and being raised on the third day, amen, he comes back to us and he gives us, amen, the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And he said, all authority that has been given unto me, I now give unto you. 
How many of you know you have authority this morning? How many of you know it's been restored back to you this morning? Amen. Therefore, he says, if you want this mountain to move out of your life, then you need to tell that mountain to move out of your life. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Why? Because he's given you the authority to do so. He says that whatever you agree, it said, if you will agree with me and begin to call those things that are not as though they already are. Amen. He said, it shall be. Now notice he didn't say, just keep praying about it and stuff will show back up in your life. He didn't say, just keep praying about it. What did he say? He said, you need to speak. Amen. Let the weak say, I am. Let the poor say, I am rich because you have the authority. And when you speak, you speak as one with power. Amen. How many of you know what I'm talking about? So some of the things, now I'm going to talk about things, some of the things that you have lost, you now have been given the authority by God to call those things back into your life. I don't care what devil has a hold of it. When you speak under the authority of Christ, he has to let go of everything and give it back. Take two seconds and shout, give it back. The second, and I got to hurry, is there's the idea of restitution. Restitution is also involved in restoration. Restitution simply means Going beyond what was taken. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. You remember Zacchaeus? Uh, he heard that Jesus was coming to his town. And the Bible said he was short in stature. And there was a huge crowd there that day. And he climbed up what tree? I just want to see if you've been to Sunday school. He climbed up the sycamore tree. And when Jesus passed by, he, he noticed, amen? If I was going to chase a rabbit, I would say, do not let your challenges hinder you from seeking him out. Okay, but I'm not going to chase that. I'm back right here. And he says, I'm going to your house. Come on down. He gets so under conviction, so excited to be in his presence, that he says, you know what? I've not always been fair in my business dealings. He said, I've robbed some people along the way. And he said, what I'm going to do, help me Jesus. He said, what I'm going to do, he said, I will restore restitution. I will restore fourfold whatever I have stolen from others. See, there are people under the sound of my voice who have been done wrong. Amen. You've been cheated out of some stuff. Amen. You've been cheated from some things by people. Don't get bitter about that. Don't get angry about that. Start praying for that person. Ask God to get a hold of them. Ask the Holy Spirit to start convicting them. Because if they can get come under the conviction of the Holy Spirit, I want you to know that restitution is on its way. Amen. I don't know what you lost. Amen. I don't know what somebody stole from 
you, but somebody under the sound of my voice is about to get it back. Not what was taken, but fourfold in return. Amen. You know the story about Job, right? We all know the story about Job. Talking about restitution. We know the story about Job. The Bible lets us know that he had no clue what he was fighting. Have you ever been in a season of your life and you can't identify what's going on in your life, but the only thing that you can identify is every time you turn around, you're losing something. Something's being taken from you. Job had no clue what season or that season that he was in or the fight that he was up against. But the Bible lets us know that when Job passed the test, he not only got back what was taken from him, but the Bible tells us he received double for everything that he lost. Some of you, the season that you're in is a season of testing. Amen. You've lost some things, but if you will remain faithful unto God and not curse God and not walk away from God, God says, I'll bring it back into your life. Not only what you lost, but I'll bring it back double for everything that you lost. Look at your neighbor and tell him it's coming back. It's coming back. In Joel, he said, you're going to eat and it's going to be plentiful. Say more than enough. Not just enough to get you through the day, but more than enough. Not just talking about food here, but more than enough. Amen. He said, you'll have plenty and you'll be satisfied. How many are looking for that right now? And then in Proverbs 6.31, talking about restitution. In Proverbs 6.31, he says, when the thief is found. When the thief is found. In other words, when you find out who and what you've been robbed of. When you find that thief out, he has to do what? He has to restore or return it sevenfold. Let me get this right. Job got double for his trouble. Amen. He got double for passing the test. Zacchaeus was willing to give four times the amount back of those who he'd done wrong to. Amen. So those who have cheated you, four times the amount is coming back. But for those of you who know what you've been fighting and that thief is found, you can expect a sevenfold return on everything that you lost. Amen. And some of you know what spirit you've been dealing with. And some of you know what spirit you've been up against. That spirit of lack and that spirit of poverty has to be confronted. Amen. Now I understand there are principles that needed to be practiced. I understand that. But I want you to know, I just told you, he's given you all authority and all power in his name. So if that spirit of lack and poverty has got a hold of you and it's robbed you, you have the power and authority to say, wait a minute, this is the last, this is the last time you robbed me. This is the last time you steal from me. You lousy spirit in the name of Jesus, I command you to give it all back. If you've been battling sickness and disease, that's a spirit of sickness at times, a spirit of infirmity. Identify that enemy that's robbing you. When you identify the enemy, confront the enemy and come command it to come back. How many of you know that you can command it all back? If the thief be found, he has to return it sevenfold. Okay, first closing. Does pastor have three closings? Most pastors do. At least. 
<laughs> now, let me, let me just show you. I'm going to slow down a minute because I need to catch my breath. But anyway, let me show you how Jesus looks at biblical restoration. Mark chapter 3. Notice the Bible didn't say that his hand was healed, but rather that his hand was restored. Notice that everywhere else in the Bible, when people with sickness, disease, and infirmities, the Bible mentions that they were healed. But here, it says that he restored his hand. How many of you know there's a difference? He, he said, I'm going to restore to you the years. And when he stretched out his hand, it was not healed, but rather it, rather it was restored. Now, the word restored here means to create a new structure. We were shouting a minute ago. I don't know if we're going to shout right now. It means to create a new structure. The reason that restoration does not take you back to where you were or back to the place you were before you lost it is because the place you were when you lost it is the reason why you lost it. Did you get it? That's why biblical restoration is different. All right? He doesn't take you back to the original place. There was a reason you lost it in that place to begin with. So why would God want to get you back to the same place where you were vulnerable the last time? See, most people think to be restored is to get back to where you once were because you have fallen behind. God does not want you to get back where you were because when you were there, you got robbed. So if God is going to restore your marriage, he's not trying to get you back to where you were because it wasn't working where you were. So God is trying to create a new structure in your relationship, amen, so that you can carry out your relationship, and he's going to change the structure of that relationship, relationship so the next time around, when the thief does come, there's a new structure, and he can't take it. Huh. It's not weak. How many of you know what I'm talking about? If God restores your health, which he will, then maybe we have to change our lifestyle and create a new structure so that we don't continue to put the toxins in our body or misuse this temple that got us there in the first place. How many of you know what I'm talking about? If God's going to restore our money, which he will, then maybe God's going to require us, come on, to have a new way of managing our money. One of the ways that God restores is when you allow him to fix what was broken in the first place. Now, I know us because I'm one of us. And here's what I know. We want God to zap it. We want to catch it in a prayer line. Lay hands on me. 
uh, wave that wand over me. God says, that's not how I work in restoration. It's not how I work with restitution. God says, whenever I bring restoration and restitution in your life, I create a new structure. That means new discipline. Come on, somebody. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. There's a difference from deliverance and being free. Uh-huh. Deliverance is God coming down to Egypt, picking them up and pulling them out of. Come on. God, we're at that place where we always want God to pick us up and pull us out of something. But freedom is when you learn some things and apply those principles to your life that you never get back to that place again. And when the enemy comes, you recognize, and now you have the know-how to combat that. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Is that all right? I know I just slowed down a whole lot. I've been running real fast, but I slowed down a whole lot because I can't preach that. i got to teach that. Say new structure. One of the things that has to happen in your life to get it back is you're going to have to change the way you're doing some things. How do I do that? Get in the presence of God. Let God speak to you. Let God show you. Don't do that anymore. Come on. This is the way you need to be doing this. Are you with me? Now, the first thing I want you to notice, the man didn't ask for healing. Here's Jesus. He's a healer, but the man did not ask for healing. Jesus went to church, and he noticed the man. You know what that tells me? That tells me this. That tells me that there are some things that we're all right with, but Jesus isn't. There are some things that we've learned to live with that Jesus never intended for us to live with. Uh, This man was not like the rest that we read about in the Bible. You know, Jesus, will you heal my servant? Will you heal my mother-in-law? Will you cast the devil out of my son? He didn't say anything. He was fine with the way that his hand was. Tells me he had grown accustomed to it. So Jesus does what? He notices the withered hand. And even though the man is all right with it, Jesus isn't all right with it. So you may be all right with it. That doesn't mean he's all right with it. All right? Watch him now. So he commands the man to do what? To step forward. This is something that people in church normally don't do. Notice Jesus, when Jesus said, stretch forth your hand, notice, notice Jesus didn't tell him which hand to stretch forth. Well, isn't it obvious? Well, he still had one good hand, right? Uh most church people would stretch out the good hand because we don't want anybody to see our our bad hand. Uh, and this makes Jesus different than most church people because Jesus, stay with me. I know I've slowed down a lot. Stay with me. Jesus could create an atmosphere where people were comfortable Revealing their weaknesses to him. Most churches are not built that way. Most churches are built on judging. And they judge you because you have some stuff. But those who judge you because you have some issues, 
their judging you stinks more to God than your issues do. It's a good place to give the Lord praise right there. Amen. Pastor, I, I mean, really, I'm just going to say it, okay? You, you receive it for how you want to receive it, church. But I just feel led to say this, and I'm not saying it's the opposite. What I'm saying is this. Create a place, an atmosphere, where people do not have to cover up their weaknesses, but they can stretch them out and let God begin the restoration process in their life. Let this be a house that has such an atmosphere. I'm not talking about condoning sin, but I'm talking about helping people and not judging them. Amen? Because I'm going to tell you right now, the harvest that's getting ready to infiltrate the churches across America is a dirty harvest. They don't know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob like we do. They don't even know who Moses is. All right? And they're coming with issues, and they're coming with weaknesses. Amen. And we have to have such an atmosphere that they don't think that they have to show their very best and hide their weaknesses. Are you with me? All right, I've got to hurry, got to hurry. The first thing that needs to happen if restoration take place in your life is he had to step forward. Say step forward. See, the misconception of restoration is we think we have to reach back or we think we have to step back. But in this story, God is about to restore something that happened in an accident or something at childbirth that he lost. And reaching back to get something you lost will never bring about true restoration. He didn't say go back. He said what? He said step forward. That's the paradox. It's when something in your past that you desire to be restored to your present, God will require you to take a step into your future. When you want something in your past to be restored in your present, God will require you to take a step into your future. And when you take a step into your future... God reaches back into your past and brings it into your present because you were willing to move forward instead of trying to go back and grab something that is behind you. What Paul say? Forgetting those things which are behind us. Some of us just need to quit looking back and move forward forward from this moment on. God's trying to reach back and bring something into your life right now, but you have to move forward in order for that to happen. Isaiah 43 and 18 says, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Why? Because behold, I do a new thing. Don't get stuck in self-pity. Don't get stuck in grief and sorrow. Just because you lost something, don't see it as wasted time. If you keep looking back, that's all you'll ever do is keep looking back. God says, I can't give it back to you if you keep looking back. Take a step forward, and when you do, I'll reach back and bring it into your now. How many of you believe that this morning?
Stand to your feet, if you would, please. Come on, stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Second thing he told him, he said, stretch out your hand. Stretch it out. There are people under the sound of my voice. You're beaten up. You're tired. You're spent. You're weary. And what Jesus was simply saying is, stretch out what you have left. You know, I really don't have the energy I, I used to. I, I, my faith is not, not where it used to be. I've taken a beating, and I, I don't even know if I have any more faith. What you do have, stretch it out. Stretch it out. Take what you have and stretch it out. Not only is God asking you to move forward, but he's saying take what little bit you have left and stretch it out. It may not look like it did in the past. That's okay. At least you have something to stretch out. I used to be the top tither. Now I don't even have two quarters to rub together. Stretch it out. Stretch it out. Stretch it out. Stretch it out. The third thing he did was said, come forward. In other words, separate yourself from the crowd. The reason some have suffered lost is because of the people you've been around. Step away from them. Move away so that God can begin to bring restoration and restitution in your life. You know, usually when you're on the evangelist trail, you, you have certain sermons you know and God's put them in your spirit and, and, and you know God's word is God's word. If the sermon's worth preaching one time, it's worth preaching, preaching a thousand times. Amen? It's the way it should be. But I want you to know this is the first time I've shared this message. It's the first time I've shared this message with, with, with anybody. Amen? And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, God is speaking. I will restore the years. I will restore the years. It's all coming back. It's all coming back. You believe that this morning? You believe that this morning? Are you ready to move forward? Jamie, you know the song, Not Looking Back? Come on. Are you ready to move forward? Are you tired of trying to go back and recapture something that God's not calling you and telling you to go back and recapture? It's a new day. God wants to do a new thing in your life. 
Come on, God wants to do something new in your life. But he'll never be able to do it as long as you're tied. And you keep... That's what happened with Israel when they got in the wilderness. They just... They couldn't, they couldn't turn and move forward. It's always a pull to go back, a pull to go. We want to go, we want this. God says, I got something better than this. I got something better in your future than this. I got something better in your future than this. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I know there are several, several people. Several people that are ready for restoration and restitution. I don't know what in what area, but this message hits your spirit. If that's you, get out of your seat and join us in this altar right now. Quickly, quickly, quickly come. Quickly come. Quickly come. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Take a step. Take a step forward. Take a step forward. Take a step forward. Well, the job I had was a really good job. Behold, I do a new thing. I do a new thing. Is there anything too hard? Is there anything too hard for me, says the Lord? Is there anything too hard for me? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, just make some room. Make some room. Make some room. Make some room. I know there are people still out there under the sound of my voice. And you're just beat up. And you're just weak. And you just, I don't have it. Take what little bit you got left. Take what little bit you got left. And stretch it. Come on. Stretch it. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Take what little bit you got. Come on. Take what little bit you got left. Come on. Come on. If you stay where you are, you're going to get what you got. Take a step. Take a step this morning. Take a step this morning. Take a step this morning. It's not about how many people I can get in this altar. It's about you obeying the word of the Lord this morning. Come on. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Right here. Just right here, right here, right here. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19 is your scripture. Grab hold of it. 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 Quit trying to reach into your past. Quit trying to reach into your past. Move forward. God will reach back and bring it into your now. Touch it, Lord.
structure in your life. New structure in your life. New structure in your life. New structure. Gonna have to do some things different. What a moment. Do it, Lord. You have brought me to such a freedom, Lord. All things new, yeah, yeah, yeah. Speak to him, Holy Ghost. Speak to him, Holy Ghost. Speak to him, Holy Ghost. Today. All things 